From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. It's another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking everything District 4 in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey with Scott Burton. Scott, how are you? Hey, fantastic. Big win last night for my boys. Or uh, I may be not doing this podcast at the moment. But hey. We're living to see another day. Life is good, Brandon. How are you? Yeah, I'd be, I could be better. Uh, you pulled me away from the Boston Red Sox. That's my favorite team. <laughs> they're they're losing uh, seven to one to Houston as we're recording this. So I'm okay for the break from from that insanity. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I get it. I mean that that series has been wild. It's been one butt kicking, then another butt kicking, and it's been it's been crazy. So uh, it's shaping up to be a really good World Series, whoever it's going to be. Yep. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what shakes out there. Well, Scott, from butt kicking to soccer kicking, let's get into state soccer uh, previews because the, the week has finally arrived. Thank you. The, the week has finally arrived where state tournaments are happening. We, we've talked about all season long that the Magic Valley has a great chance to, to really represent well at state. And I think that starts with the 3A competition, of course, and the Sun Valley Community School boys. If we look at the bracket here, if you're watching the video of this on IdahoSports.com, the Facebook page or a YouTube channel, you'll see this bracket that we've put up on the screen. If you're listening to the audio, just try to follow along. Sun Valley Community School, the number one seed, Scott. uh, They're going to play Kimberly, their uh, district opponent, the number eight seed on the Max Preps rankings. It's so funny how uh, we were trying to avoid things like this and how many divisional matchups we've got right out of the gate uh, across all levels. But uh, Kimberly was kind of the Cinderella team at districts, got hot, and now they get to play Sun Valley again. Yeah, so there's the reward right there. Um, get hot, let's go play the uh, cutthroat, see what happens. Um, but, man, this is the community school's tournament to lose. I mean, they are so good that uh, it, it's it really, truly, if we're going to, you know, pick teams or preview the tournament, I mean, it's going to take an upset, I think. Um, and it's going to come from down below. I mean, I wouldn't count out Sugar. You know, I think they could give them a run. Um, uh, American Falls, obviously. But, you know, I like Sugar in that final to face the cutthroats. But I tell you what, man, that community school is tough. Yeah, that's how I'm leaning as well. Sugar Salem, uh, the three seed against the top seed of Cutthroats. I just I don't see anybody that's going to really touch them this year. They, the 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 one the one team I thought could challenge was Weezer. They got upset by McCall Donnelly at districts. They didn't even get to go to state. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the state of things in three A boys. On the three A girls side, as we take a look at the bracket now, uh, Kimberly comes in as the number three seed. Scott, and wouldn't you know it. A district game right out of the gates of the state. They'll, they'll play Sun Valley Community School, the number six seed. This actually should be an interesting first round matchup, I think. Yeah, I know it definitely will. I mean, you know, Kimberly's not a bad soccer team. You know, they've they've got it going on. Um, but it's funny how the boys and the girls for both Kimberly and the community school are facing off against each other in the first round, boys and girls. Uh, but uh yeah, that Kimberly team is you know, not a bad team, you know, and, and they're representing Magic Valley well. So I, I look for them to advance and you know, have a shot to play, you know, for a title, at least be in that semifinal game. Yeah. So here's the interesting part is that uh, those max preps rankings that are used to seed the teams are based on regular season play only. So we got the districts last week and the community school actually beat Kimberly in the district title game. So now we've got a chance for them to, to play each other 
again, can the cutthroats win twice in a row or will Kimberly have figured things out and, and get revenge? It will be interesting. And, you know, and that's where, you know, you get matched up with teams that maybe you've got a little motivation for. And uh, this is definitely one of those games. Yep. So I, I think uh, whoever comes out of that game has a great chance. Again, as we just look at the bracket super quick, um, Coeur Charter is on their same side of the bracket, obviously a dynasty in 3A girls soccer. I think they're the favorites coming in. So whoever advances past that first round match will probably play Coeur Charter. That's going to be a tough go, but you never know. We'll see what yeah. happens. No, you, you never do. You never know. And uh, that should be a really good tournament. Yep. <clears throat> All right, so let's pull up now the the 4A. Let's start on the boys' side, where Jerome is the top seed. Uh, they they finally uh, started winning instead of tying when we got the districts, right? And yeah, be, I, I I I assume Scott because um, they had so many ties and not so many losses in the regular season. That's why they are the number one seeded team according to the Max Preps rankings. Yeah, I, that's the the best I can figure too. I mean, it's it's hard to keep a team out of the top ranking when. They don't have a loss on the record. You know, uh, they've got a handful of ties and that's about it. And, you know, granted, those games could have gone either way, but they didn't. You know, nobody has still beaten them. So they have every reason to be number one. Jerome will play the eight seed Blackfoot. Blackfoot's kind of a, a Cinderella team. They are sub 500. They got to districts as the three seed got hot, won the district six tournament. Um, so for Jerome, I think that's a good first round matchup. Uh, I think whoever they would play after that, it's going to be tough. Bishop Kelly and Caldwell are both hey, two division opponents playing each other in the first round. Bishop yeah. Kelly, <laughs> Bishop yeah, Kelly and Caldwell are both really, really good teams. So it's going to be good. No, I was going to say, I mean, there's your SIC championship game right there. Let's lace them up and do it again. You know, um, and, and again, here comes part of the, uh, you know what, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah. but uh, that should be a really interesting game between two quality teams, Caldwell and Bishop Kelly. Um, and, you know, if Jerome gets out of that first round, that semifinal matchup is going to be a doozy. This will sound odd, but I think Canyon Ridge as the number six seed actually got a better draw in the bracket. Uh, Sandpoint's the three seed up north. Uh, of course, teams up north are always tough to gauge because they don't get to play anybody else. And then I look at Hillcrest and Preston, and not, neither one of those teams blow me away particularly. So Canyon Ridge, I think, uh, if they can get past this first round, I mean, they have a chance to, to maybe sneak into that title match. No, I totally agree. I think Canyon Ridge got a fantastic draw in this. Uh, the, the tougher part of the bracket is definitely on the top. No question about it. You know, you got Caldwell, Bishop Kelly, and Jerome. I mean, those are three premier soccer teams in 4A boys, and they're all on the same side of the bracket. Yep. Uh, as we move to the 4A girls, finally, uh, again, somebody from the Magic Valley as the top overall seed, well-earned, the Twin Falls girls. So talented. They will play the eighth seed Caldwell in the opening round. I like Twin Falls to win that. And and honestly, um, Bishop Kelly might be looming in the semifinals, which would be a fantastic semifinal. Of course, BK is, is such a dominant force in girls' soccer. But I, I like Twin Falls overall in this tournament, Scott. No, I do too. I think this is Twin Falls' tournament to lose. They are the number one team. They've been the number one team week in and week out. It's everybody chasing Twin Falls. I mean, they are so good. You know, they score so well, but defensively, man, they just don't give up a lot of goals. And you're going to have to score a lot of goals to beat Twin, and nobody can score really any goals against Twin. You know, so that's theirs to lose. 
I agree. So then on the bottom part of the bracket, uh, Canyon Ridge is in there as the number three seed overall. I think that really speaks to the strength of the conference that uh, District 4 gets the one and three overall seeds. They will play the sixth seed, Valley View, which actually uh, entered districts as the number one seed. They got uh, knocked off and had to uh, battle their way back. So that's going to be an interesting first-round matchup. But I think very easily we could see Twin Falls, Canyon Ridge again, this time for the state title. No, I think you really could, and that would be great for the Magic Valley. You know, there are some really good soccer teams down here at all levels, and we've just shown the brackets to prove that. Uh, but that would be cool, an all-Magic Valley final. That would be so fun to see you, and we'll we'll see how it all unfolds. State soccer begins on Thursday. Uh, depending on the venues, you know, the 3A is going to take place at Valley View High School. 4A is going to take place at Brothers Park in Caldwell, which uh, is a great venue, right, Scott? Uh, yeah, it is a great venue, but uh, there's a lot of uh, kind of irritated people at the moment because, you know, as as you know, if you follow high school sports and especially and get into state tournaments, uh, the network, which is kind of signed on with the IHSAA, they have the rights to all the state tournaments. Um, well, it came out earlier this week that they are not going to broadcast anything from Brothers Field. I think they were going to do the championship game, and that was it, if I'm not mistaken. But that was it. Nothing from Brothers Field. Uh, and they said, you know, it's because of Internet. You know, so if you're looking to find the game on the network and you're in the 4A brackets, it ain't going to happen uh, because the network says there's not enough Internet there for them to broadcast efficiently. Um, but, you know, it depends on who you ask. You know, we've run checks out there a hundred times and there's plenty of internet out there. But the other thing is, you know, they're, they're saying that if a school wants to bring up somebody to Facebook live stream it from Brothers Field, they can do that. They just have to reach out to the IHSAA, pay a hundred dollars, and then they're able to stream it. So my question is, if there's not enough internet to stream for the network, then why is there abundance of internet for Facebook live stream. You know, I, I don't understand. Maybe I just don't understand how the internet works, but you know, <clears throat> don't even get me started on the hundred bucks, but you know, that's what you're looking at at the 4A level. So if you are, have, have a team going and you want to watch it, you better find out who is Facebook live streaming it for your team at the 4A level. And, and I'll step in and say the next question people naturally are going to ask is, well, how come IdahoSports.com isn't broadcasting it? Well, we have what's called the the basically the 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 first opportunity if the NFHS network is unable to broadcast. But we we need time. We we need enough time to prepare and adequately. We're not a fly by night operation that's just going to come in two days before state and put on a four A state soccer yep. tournament broadcast. And we just the window of time we had finding out that the NFHS network wasn't going to be able to broadcast. It was just too short of a turnaround for us to do the job that we feel we could. Right. Um, well, Brandon, they never asked. That's um, also true that they never asked, you know, and had we known we would have gladly gone there, figured out how to get internet there and broadcast everything. But, you know, we were not asked. And so therefore, if you're kind of wondering, like you said, why Idaho sports is not there now, you know, Yep. So again, yeah, we, we found out the same way you did and had to ask, Hey, is the NFHS network not broadcasting? Right. That was not reached out to us. So 
Anyways, I digress. We had some, <laughs> we had we had some good football uh, this past week as well, Scott. Let's let's start with that Thursday night game in Holt Arena. Gooding went over and played Marsh Valley. This was a matchup of top five teams in the coaches' poll, and the Senators remain unbeaten with a thirty to eighteen win. Yeah, you know what? And this game went exactly like we thought it was going to go. And we we talked about it last week. It was going to be uh, Marsh Valley hanging around. And then it was going to be Gooding imposing their will in the second half. And, and man, if, if we weren't fortune tellers last week, that is exactly what happened. I mean, this game was tight. Um, matter of fact, it was 14-12 at the half. And then Gooding just came out, flexed their muscle, and just pushed them around, just like we said they were going to do. And they ended up, you know, going away with the win, 30-18. to 18. And a couple of really standout performances. And for Gooding, they're getting one of their, their better players back and healthy, and that's Tate Gillette. Uh, Tate Gillette's one of those guys that is on both sides of the football, linebacker, running back, but they haven't been able to play him both ways very often um, or very much for that matter, just because of his his health. And they've got him healthy uh, again, heading into the final with with Kimberly and, and into the state playoffs. But in that game against Marsh Valley, Tate Gillette, 16 tackles. You know, so, I mean, this guy is huge for this Gooding squad on both sides of the football and for Senator fans, it's good to see him uh, coming back. Now, some interesting things that happened in that game, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of teams that say, okay, hey, we've got a great corner. We're going to cover Colston Loveland one-on-one because I think our corner can handle it. Well, Marsh Valley tried that. And in the first quarter alone, uh, Colston had uh, over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. And then they started double teaming, started triple teaming and said, okay, maybe this guy is pretty good. Uh, So that kind of happened. Atkinson did what he does, you know, rushes for 100, throws for 200. Um, You know, we talked about some of the the fanfare that's going on, all the pomp and circumstance and stuff that's happening. Well, the uh, Michigan reporters were there from Ann Arbor. Uh, Jay Arbaugh was there. Uh, Jim took a little detour down south to Utah, uh, but they were both in the area. And then at the Kimberly game, uh, we're going to have representatives from Arizona State and Auburn showing up um, to that game. So, you know, that's it's going to be a it's going to be a good atmosphere. Um, unfortunately, Kimberly is decimated right now. We'll get to that uh, recap next. But you know, that was Gooding, and um, and uh, they are cruising right now, and they're healthy. Of course, uh, Auburn's coach is Brian Harson, former Boise State head coach. So I'm sure he knows the area very well. So that'll be interesting to see there. So yeah, Gooding wins the the league at this point, right? They they've clinched uh, a first round bye. They've they've clinched the district title. You mentioned it. Things got interesting because Kimberly fell to Buell, twenty six to twenty one. And now there, there's a lot of interesting things that can happen here in the final week, Scott. Oh, it definitely can. And, you know, for Buell, regardless of who suited up for Kimberly, who got hurt, for it doesn't matter. That was a huge win for the program and Coach Reynolds. So congratulations uh, to Buell. What a season and a year Buell uh, is having just for morale's sake, you know, um, what they've gone through over the past couple of years. Coach Reynolds has come in there, turned around, gotten a couple wins, you know, and, and that's amazing. But in that game, you know, Kimberly lost four starting players during that game and they were already without Widmeyer, you know, and that's not counting him. Um, and they're not expecting to get any of these guys back this week against Gooding, or at least that's the initial, 
you know, <clears throat> word out of out of uh, Kimberly. But Heath Owens, he went out with a knee injury. Gatlin Bear went out with a shoulder injury. Connor Laughlin went out with a shoulder injury, actually on both shoulders. Uh, Vinny Harlow out with a back injury. Um, you know, but they did have some young kids step up. But shoot, they needed to because they had all their guys gone. I mean, it was you talk about we talk about the video game that Kimberly does offensively. It's almost like somebody just came and pulled the plug on the video game and everybody just went, you know, and that's exactly what happened to Kimberly. They just had no more dudes because they're all hurt. And it looks like they're not going to get them back this week, which is unfortunate for Kimberly. We hope that changes. But, you know, we're not we don't know for sure. Uh, brief update on the uh, Holman Chadwick situation is something that we always keep coming back to. Uh, the young fellow's out of ICU, so that's great news. He's continuing to improve, um, you know, and uh, the Kimberly boys, they they get it from their coaching staff quite a bit where it's like, hey, that was a rough game for us, but, you know, you understand that this is just a game and you got to put it in perspective. So that was the talk that the Kimberly coaches had with their players after that Buell game to kind of put, put things into perspective with what Holman's going through. So anyways, he's still in everybody's thoughts and prayers and – and uh, that's the update from Kimberly. Yeah, I mean, when when we look back on this, I think we will say that the SCIC was the most balanced conference top to bottom in 3A this year. When you look at Gooding, undefeated. Filer, 5-3. and three. Kimberly, 4-4. Four and four. Buell, 3-4. and four. Top to bottom, I'm not sure there's a league that can match that top four where all four teams are really good and really talented. And so now... What sets up for Friday is that Kimberly plays Gooding in, in the big matchup we've had circled for a while, and then Filer plays Buell. So here's all the scenarios. I figured this out earlier this week, Scott. Oh, good. Good. If, if, if Buell beats Filer, the Indians get the second playoff spot. Doesn't matter what happens in the other game. If Filer beats Buell and Kimberly beats Gooding, then Kimberly wins that final playoff spot, and Buell would finish uh, third and fourth with Filer. If Filer beats Buell, and Gooding beats Kimberly, then there's a three-way tie for that final playoff spot, and that would be settled with the Kansas City tiebreaker on Monday. So, and you, you know what? As a fan, you're always hoping for a Kansas City tiebreaker, aren't you? Um, <laughs> but I mean, if you, I think the interesting game is going to be that that Buell Filer game um, because early on, I don't think anybody really had Filer stand or Buell standing a chance, but. I don't know. There's just something about Buell right now. They're just playing, playing hard. That ought to be a really interesting ball game. Yeah. It's so funny when we uh, started the, the preseason, we said, Oh yeah. Final week of the season. The game is going to be good in Kimberly. Well, that's flipped now. No, the game is Filer Buell. That's yeah. It's funny how that works because that, that Kimberly Gooding game, you know, no disrespect to, to Kimberly, but they're, they're going to have a rough night, you know, especially if they don't have any other guys and that's, and Gooding is, is, dang good the way it is and when Kimberly doesn't have anybody man that's going to be that's going to be a rough night yep for sure uh the eight-man game of the week last week Kerry defeated Castle Ford on IdahoSports.com 32-22 uh tight game Kerry uh, uncharacteristically had some turnovers but when they needed to they turned to Connor Simpson and he kind of led the way at running back and led them to victory so Kerry even though they're 7-0, still haven't officially clinched the league yet because they play Dietrich this Friday, again, on IdahoSports.com. If Kerry wins that game, they win the league. Castle Ford second. Dietrich is third. If Dietrich wins, then you've got a three-way tie for first place, and 
all three teams will make the playoffs regardless. So ultimately it doesn't matter too much, but we just wanted to mention that uh, we've got a lot of good, exciting games on idahosports.com in the Magic Valley this week. Uh, and Dietrich at Carey kind of leads it off. We've got that Gooding at Kimberly matchup as well. Uh, we also have the eight-man showdown of the year, Raft River hosting Oakley. Somebody's going to win the conference there. Some, I mean, both teams will make the playoffs. And then the final game we've got, Scott, we've got four games in the Magic Valley this week because that's where all the compelling action is. And this is in the Great Basin Conference at the 4A level, Twin Falls at Minico. The winner will win the Great Basin Conference title. Yeah, there's there's the game that uh, the 4As had circled for a while. Just uh, Twin and Minico. It was just looking like it was going to head that direction, and boy, did it. So the Bruins are going to head over to Minico. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting game just because they're both really solid run teams. Um, I mean, we know what Minico does. You know, Minico just jams it right down your throat for, you know, however long they have the football, and you just hope you can last. Um, but the key for Twin Falls is going to be to win the battle on first and second down and force Minico into to third and mid, third and long situations because that's where they're going to win the game. It, it, Minico's going to run the football, period. But you force them into those long-running situations, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're winning the line of scrimmage. And, uh, man, that is going to be a huge game. Twin Falls offensively, you know, the, they spread the ball around pretty well. I mean, they've got a pretty balanced attack. You know, they, uh, they've got a few different guys that can hit home runs for them and uh, take it to the house. So Twin has got some, some players, you know, and I think coming out of Twin Falls, they're like, we're going to dare Minico to stop our run. Everybody hears so much about how good Minico is with the run. Let's see if they can stop our run, you know. And so there's the battle, you know, for, for the Twin Falls Bruins. You know, and Minico, when you talk to them, they're saying the same thing. They're like, Twin has got a powerful offense, and we have got to figure out how to stop it. In fact, uh, their coaching staff feels it might be one of the best offensives that they faced this year, if not the best. Okay. So <clears throat> their key is to tackle. They have got to tackle. And, and, and the point of attack, it's, it's gotta be one guy bringing one guy down, you know, I mean, of course, fly to the football, but broken tackles and Bruins getting to the second level is what Minico cannot afford, you know? And so when you boil this thing down, it's going to be, Fundamental football. Who's going to stop the run? Who's going to tackle? Uh, who's going to win the line of scrimmage? Who's going to be more physical? And of course, you factor in turnovers, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's going to be a really, really good game. And both teams are healthy. So that that's good to hear. Yes, this time of year, when with so many teams being affected by that, yeah, th this is going to be huge. It's going to be a great game. One of four games from the Magic Valley Friday night on IdahoSports.com. It's going to be a great time. Minico undefeated, 8-0, yet only ninth in the Max Preps ratings. And we will dive into what exactly the Max Preps ratings mean because on the surface – it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, Scott. And I know you've done a lot of research on this. And so we'll take a break. We'll hear from our sponsors from the Idaho Division of Public Health. And when we come back, we'll do a deep dive into Max Preps and their ratings system. So we'll be right back on the Magic Valley PrepCast on idahosports.com. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. Brandon Bainey with Scott Burton getting ready to do a deep dive into the Max Preps ratings. Uh, this is uh, 
a big piece of the criteria that's being used this year and, and really last year as well uh, to help determine not just who gets into the playoffs, but then how those teams are seeded. We're seeing that in soccer. We'll see it in volleyball. We're certainly seeing it in football, Scott. And I know as an athletic director, you're probably having lots of conversations about this. Uh, yeah, we definitely are. But I think, you know, the thing that people have to understand is this is what everybody wanted. They, they wanted the seeding because we had too many times where, you know, the, the state championship game was being played in the semifinals. And we just saw that all the time. And so people were tired of the, the ping pong balls and whatever else is going on to determine who plays what, but they wanted a seeding system and they got one. This is the first year for max preps in Idaho, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have its flaws or people don't quite understand really how it works. And so basically the long and short of it is it's a computer generated system that takes all human element out of it, you know, and nobody seems to exactly know the formula that's used, but the gist of it is it's going to be the score of the game, you know, with margin of victory and your strength of schedule. And that gives you a rating. Okay. Well, here's what we're starting to see. Um, let's take Minico, for example, Minico undefeated number uh, eight, no, but they're ranked number nine in that max preps ranking, which means they're probably, you know, they, they need to win the conference. But, you know, they're probably getting that large bid, you hope. Um, but it, it just doesn't look right because here they are sitting behind, um, for example, a four and four Skyline team, you know, and Skyline is well ahead of Minico. Well, what's the reason for that? And so we reached out to Max Preps with a bunch of questions, and that was one of them. And one of the things that we were told is strength of schedule means a ton. Well, okay. Um that's fine, but that kind of makes scheduling a little bit different now, you know, for an athletic director, because, all right, so we want to improve our ranking. We better make sure that we schedule good teams because if we schedule a bunch of, you know, patsies and just roll over people, that isn't going to help us, you know, and ultimately when you break down that philosophy, yeah, you do want to schedule good teams because they're going to make you better. Um, but there, there's that thing to think about. Uh, the the other thing that really kind of plays a role in this is you see, well, going back to Skyline ahead of Minico, you know, Mountain Home beat Jerome. Jerome's ranked ahead of Mountain Home. Jerome beat Burley, but Burley's ranked ahead of Jerome. So you, you look at this and you're like, how in the world is this happening? Well, strength of schedule. Well, for those teams that played the game, the only thing that matters is the number on the scoreboard at the end of the game. So you're telling me even though I lose to you, you're still better than me? It doesn't make any sense to me at all, regardless of strength of schedule. Head-to-head -head should supersede that. There is nothing in the formula, in the program, or whatever, that does head-to-head -head stuff. So, yeah, it's raising a lot of questions. But you know, the other thing that's really raising questions in this max preps ranking is the margin of victory. Now, now this is really super interesting and it's going to get worse in basketball. We saw it kind of rear its ugly head um, last week or the, the Middleton Emmett, Emmett game. Is that correct? Yes. Um, OK, so basically what happens is and, and nobody knew what the magic number was that people had to win by. So you go into these games and you've got team A versus team B. J, 
right? Well, team A is supposed to beat team J by X amount of points. Well, the magic number in football is 15, which means that if you win that game by more than 15 points, then you get all of your max rating points that will help propel you, you know, up the rankings. If you don't and you win by six, you get hurt in the rankings or you don't climb as much as you should, even though it was a win. But what is not factored in is let's say that a team is up by, you know, 20 points and there's, you know, four minutes left in the game and you put your JV in or you put some sophomores in, you put your second string in and they give up a cheap touchdown. Well, you just won by 14 and not 15. And now you get hurt in that ranking system. And so here we are in this culture of sportsmanship and we're, we're finding teams saying, I've got to win by X amount of points. Well, that leads us to what happened with Middleton and Emmett. Um, you know, word on the street is that the ranking points were in the minds of, of this, those teams. So instead of taking a knee to win a ball game, tried to get another score, it backfired, turned the ball over, lose the game. Okay. And so if that's starting to play a part in how you get ranked, man, then you're just asking teams to run up the score. You know, you're asking your, your starters to stay in longer, you know, and then you're risking injury, you know, and who knows what's going on. And we slide this thing into basketball. Well, the magic number for basketball is 20, you know, so you're telling me that you're going to keep your starters in late into that fourth quarter just to keep that 20 point lead, because that's where we're going, you know, and <clears throat> granted, I'm not saying that, that there's everything is wrong with this system, but it needs tweaked because there are some elements here that are bringing out some very bad characteristics. You know, um, you know, I like our Idaho sports power rankings. They, they do a great job and we would have tweaked those to fit this, you know, if, if we were asked and needed to. Um, but with this thing that they got going on right now, they're going to have to really revisit this. Now, one other kind of fun fact about this whole max prep thing. Well, last week, Wood River forfeited to Minico, right? Okay, so we're not telling any uh, people anything they don't know. Minico was probably going to boat race Wood River, okay? Well, they had to put that in as a 2 nothing win because it was a forfeit. Well... We all know better than that, but that 2-0 win, that forfeit hurt Minico. And so when I was on the phone with Max Preps, I brought that particular example up and I was told that, no, that went in as a 15-0. I go, no, it didn't. Look at it. So we went to Cal Preps where all of the formulas are, are done and it was put in as a 2-0. And their response was, oh, uh, yeah, that's probably going to hurt them. <laughs> so it's like, well, what, what do we do? Do we put it in as a 15 nothing game? Well, but then then you have to decide, you know, I mean, who makes that decision? It, was Benico 15 points better or do you just stick with the two nothing? I mean, what what is the criteria? And what I found out, there was no protocol to fix that. And granted, that doesn't happen all the time, but it happened and there was no plan for it. You know, so there's a lot of little things that are going to start popping up and they're already popping up in football. I, I think when you get to basketball, 
you know, it's going to be a whole lot worse. And, and this system really doesn't take, you know, 5A versus 4A into consideration either, you know. So you could have a, a 5A team that has a kind of a, a lower strength of schedule um, hurt a team that they're playing in the 4A ranks just because they're not winning at the 5A ranks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. So yep. there's all these little things that are, are, are kind of really weird. Um, you know, and Gooding, Gooding was kind of hurt by it, um, a little bit last year because last year in football, we went to it, right. Um, Gooding, they, uh, let's see, Homedale was the only undefeated team in 3A last year. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I got my facts right. Homedale was the only undefeated team in 3A. Gooding went seven and one. They beat undefeated Kimberly in a conference championship, right? Well, because of this formula, they had to travel on the road as a conference champion to a three loss South Fremont team to start the tournament. I mean, what's wrong with that picture? You know, um, a lot. And Kimberly finished second yet hosted two playoff games. And now you get into this year, you have Lighthouse Christian who is 0-7. But where they stand in this max preps ranking is they have a a decent shot of making the playoffs over teams with better records and have done better. So yeah, this max prep thing has really got some people scratching their heads and, and, and granted, we, this is what we wanted. We wanted a seeding system, but I think there's some things that we have to work out. Well, I think it's okay for, for seeding purposes, but when it, it's in football, it's a little bit different because there are playoff bids being awarded based upon this rating system. Mm-hmm. That's where the big problem comes in, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you're looking at this, this formula is kind of holding you hostage, you know, and you're hoping that everybody that you play wins all their games, which, you know, and, and if you liken it to the, you know, the, the, college football rankings as well. I mean, it's, it's got some similar components to it. Um, but yeah, you can't tell me that, you know, no offense to lighthouse, but you're sending it on seven and you haven't won a game. And I don't care if you went and played all five, A teams. I mean, really, does that tell you how good you are? Even though lighthouse and they can't play five, eight, okay, you get, get my point. Okay. You can't tell me that, that, that that's not fishy. It's not right. Cause it isn't. Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask you, Scott, is is there any consideration to, you know, I think of like Horseshoe Bend, which is a 1A D1 school, right? Mm-hmm. They are, they're, they're a 1A D2. They beat Notice, which is a 1A D1 school, but it, it seems like Notice got penalized for playing a really good undefeated Horseshoe Bend team because they're sitting like seventh or eighth in the max preps rankings where if you're played an undefeated team and lost by four, shouldn't that help? But it, se- it seems like since it, they were the D one and supposed to win over the D two school, they got penalized for that. Yeah. Because you're, you, you have your division rankings, you've got your overall rankings. And so when you play out of, out of uh, not conference, but out of like five, a four, a one, a two, whatever you cross over. Yeah. You have the big rankings, right. And, and that's going to tell you kind of where you stack up against the team, uh, that you're playing. And so, yeah, you could actually play up a division and get penalized for it. Even though you put on a good, good shot, good show and a good fight, um, you could get penalized for playing down. I mean, the whole thing doesn't really take into consideration. And this is exactly what I was told. 
doesn't take into consideration playing up or down. And that's the tough part. And that makes scheduling a little bit more tricky uh, as well for some of these teams that are really cognizant about their ranking. Yeah, especially where you're at. We talked about this at the start of the season where those 3A, 4A schools have to play each other a lot. But maybe a twin fall says, you know what? We don't want to play Kimberly. Or Jerome says, we don't we don't want to play Gooding anymore because it's going to hurt us. Yeah, and so you really start to think about who it is you put on your schedule. For convenience sake, you know, I think we'll probably all stay the same. You know, but it, it does make you think a little bit, you know, and everybody has to think about making the playoffs or this ranking system and, and what teams on your schedule are going to give you the best chance to do that. I will say also just really quickly for the other sports that use it, um, like for soccer, for example, it was only based upon the end of the regular season max preps ranking, which basically renders district play inconsequential except for clinching the actual spot to state, right? We talked about it. Sun Valley Community School beat Kimberly in districts, yet they are seated below Kimberly at state. Again, here we go. Uh, it, it's it's a head scratcher. And I think the big problem people have is if a team beats a team, they should be ranked higher than them, period. You know, unless, unless of course, you know, you've got, they're the only win on the, the you know, on their schedule and they're, five wins better. I mean, yeah. Okay. Those things we see, but when they're pretty even teams and one beats another one, it just makes sense that, Hey, that one's a little bit ranked a little bit higher. Granted, not always the case. I get it. You know, a one team, a one win team versus a four win team. That's not going to happen. But when they're both right there and this one's higher, just because of strength of schedule, it's like, yeah, then why are they even, I mean, they beat them. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I will say uh, I've had a lot of problems with volleyball this year as well, um, where according to the IHSAA, the scores that are supposed to be put into max preps for volleyball are only supposed to be matches that were best two of three or three of five. So you get to these tournaments where you're doing pool play and sometimes it's a best of two. So you could, you could still win two, nothing, but it was only two sets. Well, that isn't supposed to count yet. There are coaches who are putting those in. There's no regulation on it. And so you see also on max preps, you can look at any number of teams that have ties in their record because, oh, we tied 1-1. Well, that game isn't supposed to count. And if we're using this to seed teams at state volleyball, that's going to create a lot of problems if not everybody is playing by the same rules. And I don't think it's intentional. I just don't think there was a lot of clear guidance on what they were supposed to do. You know, that's a, that's a good point because one of the questions that, that we asked um, that I asked the the people at Max Preps was, okay, so what is the biggest flaw um, that you see in this? And they gave me two answers. Uh, number one was we've got to have all the information. You know, we've got to have all the scores reported accurately. Um, and you just illustrated that that really doesn't happen all the time. And so, you know, what one school puts in, another school may never check, you know, or another, or all the schools may never check, but the scores have to be reported accurately. And the other one, obviously, is they're struggling with the uh, the margin of victory type of thing. But, you know, they they said they capped it at 15. So it, teams weren't trying to win by 50. They were just trying to win by 15. So there were a couple of things that they pointed out and they go, hey, you know what? Maybe next year in Idaho, we revisit this. We sit down and say, what did you like? What did you not like? And what can we do to fix it? I will tell you this, though, the, the people at Max Preps that I talked to, they were so cooperative and so nice. Um, they, they were fantastic and they were very straightforward. 
you know, so I, I will give them that transparency. They, she told me everything that, that she knew. And so, you know, kudos to them for at least, you know, saying, Hey, you know, we don't have a protocol for this or man, maybe we need to look at this, but they, they at least said that. And so, you know, when this is all said and done, maybe Idaho needs to sit down and, and realize what's best for them and tweak this system if we need to. And I think Max Preps will do it if we tell them what we want. Yeah, that seems to be the biggest thing is um, they're they're working for us, right? We should be able to go to them and say, here are the criteria we want. You can still process the formula. It's not they are reporting to us, hey, here's what we came up with. Okay, thanks, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So, you know, I think the big thing is that nobody seems to know exactly what the formula is. I, I think, I mean, you, you call the IHSA office, they don't know. Max Preps doesn't know. Um, it's Cal Preps that really is in charge of all of this. And that's where Max Preps gets their, their formula. But nobody seems to know the secret recipe. You know, the Colonel is hiding that uh, original recipe a secret. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully this was enlightening to, to our listeners and our viewers uh, to try and better understand. I, at the end of the day, nobody is going to be 100% satisfied. But I think if we can get 85, 90% of the way there, I, th I think it's it's better than what we used to do, right? No, you're absolutely right. And I'm not, I'm not here to just, you know, bag on max preps. I mean, I'm just saying that there's a lot of questions out there that people don't know the answers to. I didn't know the answers to, um, but it's not a perfect system. And you're, you're absolutely right. It's whatever we use. It's not going to make everybody happy, but being educated is step one on anything that we do. And so there's your confusing education on max preps. Wise man once said, knowing is half the battle. So there you Amen. go. All right. Well, uh, we will uh, step aside, uh, take one more break here from our sponsors, the Idaho Division of Public Health, and we'll come back and wrap up this edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast from IdahoSports.com. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. All right, Brandon Manny with Scott Burton one last time. Scott, as always, thanks for all the research you do to, to make this prep cast uh, so enlightening each and every week. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, my, my, my team of crackpot reporters, uh, they do a great job for me. So it's, it's a lot of fun. This, these are the kind of things that I like about podcasts. I mean, anybody can go through a box score, but are you teaching everybody something? You know, the stories behind the games, the, the max preps stuff. I mean, that's the stuff that I like to do. Yep. The, the, this long form platform allows us to explore these topics a little more in depth. So uh, next next week, Scott, we will have honest to goodness football brackets, volleyball brackets to look at. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, we are. We are heading into a great, great time. Fall sports state tournaments, man, there's nothing like it. And it's just because, I mean, for starters, it's sports, but there's so much volume that, uh, man, there's something for everybody. And we are heading into the best time of year. State soccer starting up. Uh, we're almost done with volleyball districts. That's going to be starting up. We're headed into the last week of, of football. So then the playoffs are going to hit. Oh, man, it's a great time. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot to talk about again next week. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Maney. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.